If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here's the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Mickey Gaffin-Stone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Navigating Complicated Relationships. I'm your host, Michaela Gaffin-Stone, and formerly known as Mickey, and I'm here today to talk to you about human design. But first, let me just explain a little bit about me and where I'm coming from with this. So I'm a board-certified behavior analyst. And that means I use applied behavior analysis to figure out what people are doing and how they can do it differently to get the result they want. That's that's really putting it in a nutshell. And there are some people who use applied behavior analysis and um, let's just say they're a bit draconian with it. And the reputation can be uh, sometimes not what we'd want it to be. But the thing is, the science is sound. It works. And I'm used to using the science. So how did I end up with human design? That's not scientific, right? Well, okay, you could say that, but I use human design in a scientific way. So I get your chart. I give you the information that that chart gives to me. And then the science part is you get to go and test it. And you test it on repeat and you get the results. Now, if those results are repeatable and reliable, I think we have ourselves a winner for a scientific experiment, right? So that's how I use it. Now, your child has their own unique energetic design, and it's a gift to learn about that as early as possible, because when you find yourself wondering why that one child just doesn't do the things you want them to do, you're asking them to do. They don't respond the way the other kids do or the other child does or the way you expected them to if you only have the one. What, why is that? What's happening? You know, and it's very easy for the parent to start thinking that, well, this child's just obstinate. So you try reasoning, talking, maybe even shouting and, and threatening them with a lifetime of being grounded. You know, it, it's, you know, you're in timeout every 10 minutes. Whatever it is that you're trying probably doesn't work. And you'll know that because you keep doing it and you keep getting the same results, right? That's another scientific experiment. And that tells you that if you're doing the same thing and getting the same results, you need to change something. If it's not the results you want, change something. So what can you change? Well, you can learn about your child's human design and discover where their energy is and where it isn't. And I'm going to explain a lot more about that later in this episode. But right now, I just need you to know a little bit more about human design so that you can understand where we're coming from, why it's important, and why do you even want to know? Because there's a lot of information here. So in addition to being a board certified behavior analyst and using the science that somebody else has uncovered and put together, I use human design as an active living science. It's something that we're gonna experiment with together if you choose to come to me for human design. 
So I strongly consider, urge you to consider that because we have so much to learn. Now, does your child's teacher have a list of complaints? Let's see. Doesn't pay attention. Daydreams, stares out the window, or is disruptive, gets up and, and moves when they're not supposed to. There, there could be a list of any number of things. I mean, just think back to your own report cards. What did you do, right? Um, is it really that you're being difficult? Are you really trying to take on the teacher, the education system, the world? Or are you just really having a hard time doing what they want you to do because it's just not how you're built? That's a clue to your human design right there. Knowing your child's human design, knowing your own human design can help you figure out how they play together and how things shift. Have you ever noticed that some people in company with certain others change how they appear to be? You know, they'll behave differently or they'll sound different. They kind of have a different view on things. There can be some facets that you look at and say, well, that's not like so-and-so. That's not like them. I would say that, yes, it is, particularly when they're in company with that person, because your human design changes a little depending on who's completing what with you. So for example, if you have a center, say the heart center or the ego center, that is where willpower and competitiveness live, among other things. But let's just go with those two things for now. So if you find that willpower isn't really something that you can access easily, um, and honestly, a lot of people can't, or if you find that you're just not competitive, your child just doesn't want to do those sports. They don't care about coming first. It's not a big deal. But something shifts when they're in company with this particular person. And now they become really competitive. Maybe they're playing board games and they fight to the death on them. What happened? What shifted? Well, the other person, chances are they have a defined ego center or heart center. It's the same place. They have that defined and your child doesn't. And when you have an undefined center, that center borrows from the defined center and amplifies. So the person who's not normally competitive will actually outcompete the other person because they're borrowing and amplifying that energy. Now, that is so cool, isn't it? Particularly if you know it's coming and you know it's there. Wow, it, it can be an amazing gift to know this because, for example, if you're working on a project and you just don't have the ump for it, you know, it's not lighting you up, it's something you've got to get through, but eh, it's tough. But somehow when these other people are around, it's easier to do. And you figure, well, it's because we can chat and we can have a good time. Okay, maybe. Maybe that's in there. And maybe somebody is giving you the competitiveness and the willpower that you normally don't have. It's not fixed and constant for you. So what an empowering thing for you to understand that when you're with these people, you can really work on that project and get incredible things done. And you're on fire for this. The key is to know that when they're not there, when they go away at the end of the day or however this is organized, their willpower goes with them. So don't expect to continue on the project once they've gone. 
right? Because that just won't be accessible to you anymore. And you might need some rest and recuperation because you've been working on borrowed energy. Isn't that a thought? So yeah, we, we kind of shift and change depending on who we're in company with. And if you're a reflector, wow. Okay, if you've listened to me before, then I've, I've talked about reflectors before. But a reflector has no center defined, which means there's no energy that's fixed and constant. Everything is variable and it's all absorbed from the environment, from the people around the reflector. So a reflector has to be particularly careful when they are keeping company with people. Make sure if you're a reflector that the people you're hanging out with give you the right energy that you need. You are an empath on steroids. Like you're you're an empath big time. You don't have to try. You just wake up in the morning and there you go. And as a reflector, there's there's things you need to do to be able to offload those energies that you absorb during the day. But you are a reflection, hence the name, a reflection of the health of the environment around you. So if, if things are off and difficult to do or, you know, there's, there's a lot of annoyance, anger going on or frustration, then that's the time for the reflector to look around themselves and see what's happening in my environment. Who, who's here and what's going on for them? Maybe you can help them. Maybe you just need to leave that environment or have them leave. Again, this is something that you'll figure out. But while we're talking about reflectors, just imagine if your child is a reflector, how's their school day going? It can be so variable that that child comes home and you say, why are you so emotional about everything? Why, why are you here and then you're over there and you're happy one minute and then you're upset and what's going on with this kid? And you think that, you know, maybe there's something wrong with them because they're, they're on this roller coaster. Well, if they're a reflector, I suggest you look at the environment. Your child's probably absolutely fine, but the environment might not be. So would that child benefit from homeschooling? Potentially. On the other hand, they, you know, kids need to be social. So that's not necessarily, you know, isolation is not the answer, but care of the environment certainly is. So could you imagine if you know that your child's a reflector, how are you going to work with them differently when it comes to homework or outings, school outings or competitiveness and the expectation for them to start something such as, you know, they, they start a, a sport, a team sport, and, and they're all there for it one minute, and then they just don't want to do it the next, and they might be crying another time and refusing to go, and then they're all about it, like, what's happening with this kid? Well, not every reflector is going to look quite like that, but it does depend on their environment, and the ability to sustain something once they've started may or may not be there. It's not something that you can absolutely dictate. You can't say, well, you've got to finish this now you've started. We don't like quitters. That's just not applicable. And it's not applicable when stealing a new human design. Some people are not made to see things through to completion. Some people are here to start great things and then hand them off to others who are here to see it through to completion. So our human design, 
weaves and interconnects in a beautiful pattern. And when we're allowed to use it the way it's given to us, the way we are designed, then we can do incredible things and we can work together with our strengths. That's one of my very favorite things to do is to say, oh, you have this skill. I don't have that one, but I can do this. Or you have this talent, this ability, and I can bring it over here and do this with it. You know, you learn that through human design. You might learn that without human design, but it could take you years. If you want to learn it quickly, if you want to get up to speed right now with your blueprint, your design, the manual that you did actually arrive with, you know, how many times do parents say, I wish my kid arrived with a manual? Oh, you know, kids don't come with manuals. You, you hear that so often. Parents don't have manuals on, on how to parent. Well, I would suggest to you that you have a look at human design because that is the manual. That is the manual that you arrived with. Now, it's new since the 80s. That's, that's when human design was uh, first put out there for us. But the component parts of human design are all ancient wisdom. They've been on the planet for centuries. So it's not some newfangled thing. It's a combination of ancient wisdom from different parts of the world. It's a beautiful collection. And it is your blueprint. It gives you all the information you could possibly want. So later in this episode, I am going to go into the, some of the characteristics of the different energy types for kids, which, of course, is also for the adult. But let's look at it through the lens of your child going to school, your child interacting with others, your child's behavior. Like, let's have a look at their human design from that perspective. So. My name is Michaela Gaffin-Stone. I am a board-certified behavior analyst, but I am also a specialist with human design. And I find the two things work beautifully together. The one tells you how and who you are, and then the other, the behavior, is what you can use to get the best results with what you know from your human design. It all blends so beautifully. So stay tuned to get more information on this. This stuff is brilliant. It's not rocket science. It's better than that. So don't go anywhere. Stay right here on Inspired Choices Network. And I will be back with Navigating Complicated Relationships in just a minute. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, Tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. 
eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michaela Gaffinstone. My email is still mickey at gaffinstone.com. However, I didn't change that. So it's M-I-K-K-I at G-A-F-F-E-N, stone, like a rock, dot com. And before the break, we were talking about how it can be an empowering thing to understand your own human design and the design of those around you, such as your family, right? You're not going to get that information from colleagues necessarily. Let me tell you a story about that in a moment. Um, But you can know how it affects each other. And depending on your human design, Aspects of you, of how you present yourself, can change depending on the company you keep. And I'm sure everybody knows someone that they have seen do that and say, well, yeah, but that's not like them. You know, whenever you find yourself saying that's not like them, understand that, yes, it is, or they wouldn't be doing it. It's just a facet that maybe you haven't seen before. Maybe you're not aware of it. That's okay. But pay attention because it is part of who they are. And you will see it again. And if it keeps coming up with that particular person, that's telling you something about the interplay of their human design. So how cool is that? Now, I'm here to talk mostly about human design today. I may occasionally mention behavior because you can use that once you know your human design, you can use it so much more effectively. And that's maybe a separate podcast. We'll, We'll talk about that another time. So before the break, we were looking at the manual of human design, the blueprint of you, the blueprint of your child, and how those things work together so beautifully. So when you look at your chart, all those white centers, you have the big sort of different shapes in the middle of the uh, chart. Those are your centers. Each one that is white is undefined or open. The the distinction doesn't matter at this point. The key is that the energy belonging to that center is not fixed. It's not constant. It's variable. And it's not something that you can rely on always having access to. It's something that you will get depending on the environment you're in. And when you do get it, you'll get it big time. You will be absorbing and amplifying that energy. So, for example, If you look on your chart and on the far right, there's a sort of triangle that points in, that's your solar plexus. And the solar plexus is the emotional center. Now, if yours is white, you may have people saying to you, oh, you're so emotional. Why are you so emotional? Just, you know, calm down, take a chill pill, something like that. But here's the funny thing. You're not emotional. That is undefined. It's not there for you. It's not fixed and constant. But People may perceive you as being emotional and you may perceive yourself as being emotional because you're absorbing it from other people. So you can be having a great day and you're sitting there toddling along, doing your work, you know, minding your own business. And somebody comes in who's in a blue funk and they sit down and they're like, grumble, grumble. They, They may not even do it audibly. They may just sit there quietly fuming about something. 
And you'll know in about 10 minutes or so that they're off because you're going to be feeling it. So you have some choices when that comes up as an adult. As an adult, you can decide, well, do I go over and see if I can help that person, you know, find out what's going on for them for the day and maybe lend them an ear or a shoulder to cry on or something. Or you could just say, yeah, no, I'm not here for that today. I'm out of here. And you go for a walk and and you get yourself out of that energy. And you can you can have a choice to some degree, right? You can maybe move your desk or, I don't know, go and work somewhere else. But for your child, your child that has that open center, they, they, they're stuck. They're in the classroom and they've got these kids around them who are all over the place. And wow, you know, that can be an awful lot of very tiring input. So your child who has the undefined solar plexus could come home quite exhausted at the end of the day. Not only from, you know, just having to learn all these subjects and deal with teachers and deal with other kids, but they're dealing with their energy and they're dealing with their emotions. Like, whoa, that is a lot. And as an adult, you have a lot more choice about what you do with this. You could move. You could do something. You can process that information. A child's just feeling it. They're they're not able to articulate what's going on for them. They don't know why they suddenly feel miserable or why they're suddenly angry or any of the things that they're feeling. They're just getting that from the environment. So again, if you understand your child's chart, then you can understand when they come home and they tell you things that seem to be a bit of a jumble. Oh, you know, you've had a lot going on today. And maybe you can help them to release that energy before you expect them to do homework or chores or whatever else you do. Um, And and a personal point here is, and and this is definitely my view, it's a personal view, I'm not giving anybody else's opinion here, but I think homework is something that would be far better not given to a child. If they're spending all day in school and you're giving them work all day and then you want them to come home and do more work, Frankly, either you're not doing the job in school correctly or you're just expecting too much from them. But home should not be homework. However, there are many schools that don't agree with me on that and they do give kids homework. So understanding your child's design can help you to maximize their opportunity for success with that by giving them time to offload the energy from school maybe giving it to them in smaller chunks. If you can work with them, if your child's a generator, for example, that child's gonna do a lot better with binary options. So if you can ask them questions that have a yes or no answer to help them get into the space of doing their homework, that's so much better than giving open-ended questions. Like I'm a generator and I, I can't abide open-ended questions where that demand I think and pull things out of the ether. Because, you know, if you say, well, what do you want for dinner tonight? Uh, I don't know. There's options. There's so many options. Why don't you just give me a few and I can pick one? And that's so much easier. It's It's not that I'm being difficult. It's just that 
it, there's too many possibilities and it's going to take me forever to make a decision. You want an easier decision? Give me options. 70% of the world's population is that way. So there is a seven in 10 chance that your child is going to do a whole heap better with options. So, for example, if they're coming home with homework to do and some of it's multiple choice, start there. That's a really good place to start because it's going to be easier for them. And if they can learn the patterns in multiple choice, yeah, maybe don't tell the teachers I said this. But if they can learn the patterns that inevitably show up in multiple choice, that makes it easier too, especially if you're a generator. But shh, don't tell them I said that. So when you get your chart done, have a look at your energy type. Have a look at your child's energy type, their siblings, your partner, whoever else is involved that you can have access to their charts. Have a look at them and see what, what have you got? What's the mix? Now, if you have a projector and then you have another projector, for example, like I do, both of my sons are projectors. They're not the same, however. They, they have different definitions, which means that they have different amounts of circuits, right? Like the centers connect through channels and they make a circuit. If you have one circuit, then you have one voice to listen to when you're making decisions. You can, however, have up to four. Pink, for example, has four circuits. She is a quad split. And that means that she can't get one blessed thing done unless she's got a bunch of people around her completing those circuits and connecting them. She's all over the place. She's got four different voices to listen to. I haven't come across another quad definition person yet. I know they're out there, but I haven't come across them. I have a triple split, which means I have three circuits to work through before I can make a decision. So you can bet my decision-making time is a lot longer than someone who has one definition, one a single definition. So this is important to know about your child, because if you're trying to get them to make a decision quickly, say you have a generator child with a triple split definition, and you're saying, well, what do you want to do over here? What's what? What do you fancy? Oh, man, you're asking them to make a quick decision, which is not within their scope to do. And you're asking an open ended question. This is not setting your child up for success. And you have no idea that it isn't unless you know their human design. But once you do, you can start to see, oh, is this child going to do better with pattern recognition? Some people do. Some people would say, like someone in the chat did, there are patterns, <laughs> you know, like, oh, are there really? But yes, I mean, I can I can sit down and take a multiple choice quiz on pretty much any subject without studying it. And chances are I'm going to do really well because I recognize the patterns in them. That's just it's it's actually in my human design chart to have that pattern recognition and be able to take the patterns and turn them into something else to make a, a wisdom out of them, if you will. So that's that's in my design. It might not be in yours. So that's, again, it's, it's something really interesting to get into. And I promise you, I am going to get into something about each of the types for your child right after the break. But we have a couple more minutes yet. So the brief overview is your energy centers are the defined ones, the ones that are colored in, 
That is essentially you. That's your fixed and constant access to energy. So those are the big features that are going to show up for you consistently. Then the channels are the lines between those centers that connect them. And that brings an extra energy of its own. There's 32 of those and the 64 gates, depending on which gates you have activated as to what your, there are themes in your human design and there are gifts and talents that come up. And all of these are shown in this detail. So the further you dive into human design, the more clear things become. And that's why I normally say two readings, two really good solid readings will give you a great overview of your manual and give you information that you kind of knew it maybe, but couldn't accept it because other people have made you wrong for that. And this is something I find consistent with people when I do their human design is something that they have been made wrong for since they were children is actually their biggest gift. And uncovering that gift and learning how to use it is in itself a gift. So when we come back after the break, I'm going to share with you some information about each of those energy types, bearing in mind the lens of your child, because they don't have all the extraneous knowledge that you've learned over the years. They're they're just here getting input. They don't necessarily know what to do with it. So after the break, we're going to look into more detail. I'm Michaela Gaffenstone, and I am here with you on Navigating Complicated Relationships. And I got to say, I think we're navigating it pretty good today. What do you reckon? Hang in there. I will see you in just a moment. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Hey, welcome, welcome back, everyone. I am Michaela Gaffin-Stone, and I'm here with Navigating Complicated Relationships, presented to you by the Inspired Choices Network. And it is my pleasure to be here with you. I'm sharing human design today and why it's so important to know what your child's design is, as well as your own. The gifts that you can 
uncover with your human design are, are just beautiful to behold. And, you know, we, so many of us grow up with limitations, right? With ideas that we can't do this because X, we can't do that because, you know, we're too much, we're too loud, too talkative, too whatever, to something that somebody else has said. And when you go into your human design and the deeper you go, the more clear things become. You know, you go into your human design and you really discover that, oh, the fact that I talk a lot is because I'm a natural storyteller. I have ways that I can give you information that you can receive and, and understand. You know, if, if you're, I'm not going religious on you here, but if you read the Bible, for example, those are stories. They are stories that were an oral tradition written down at some point. And so by of necessity, they are not exactly the same. You know, stories change over time. But the point is not the story. The point is the message that the story gives you. If you can receive that information in a way that it goes, oh, gotcha. Huh. That makes sense. Then that storyteller has done their job. Well, a storyteller needs to be able to talk right? You may be shocked to discover, but I don't think so, that storytelling is one of the things I have in my chart. So the fact that I was always told as a kid that I talked too much and I was disruptive and I was this, that and the other, well, okay, I was bored and I'm a storyteller. So yeah, so sue me, you know, that was that was how I grew up. That was my energy design that I was being made wrong for. Now, let's look at some of the types that I've, I've been promising you that we're going to do this. So let's start with manifestors, because the manifesting child is someone who is likely to be squashed. Parents will squash the child. Teachers will squash the child. Any adult that has to handle them will. And this is not, it's, uh, I'm not saying that they're being mean and horrible. I'm saying that the manifestor is a big big energy. And they are here to do a lot of things. And they learn fast. And what that looks like is a child that's running in every direction, that starts the thing, drops it after a few minutes, runs off to get another thing, will start learning something and then say, yeah, okay, fine, I'm good. And then they go over to do something else. Is this a child with ADHD? And is this a child that's just unable to focus on anything? Or is this a manifester? Because again, if you can look at their human design, you might find that you have a little manifester on the, on your hands. And if that child's prone to anger when they're not allowed to do things, and note I use the word anger, not frustration, it's specifically anger, then that is a good sign that you have a manifester child. Now they learn things so much more quickly than other people. This is 8% of the population. So you have a chance of having a manifesto child, but unlikely that you have like four or five of them. Possible, you know, but look at what, what are they doing? Do they actually know what they need to know when they're jumping onto the next thing? Because chances are they do. They don't need to necessarily follow, you know, for example, if there's a four-year degree, let's look at that one. A manifester might start that degree and within six months say, you know what, I'm good. I've got everything I need. Thanks. And they and they go off. They do something else. Or maybe they leave school early. This doesn't necessarily mean that 
they can't do the thing or they, they're quitters or whatever it means. They have learned everything they need to know. And the rest is just arbitrary. It's somebody has said it needs to take this long and here's all the filler, but a manifesto doesn't need that. So a kid in school is going to rub up authority the wrong way because they don't fit into that mold. So if you have a manifesto, discuss with them how you can reach agreements on what things are going to look like and let your manifesto child know that while they are self-reliant and self-sufficient, they do need to ask for help sometimes. Just because they can do it on their own doesn't mean they should. And when a manifesto is running off to do something new, they really need to inform everybody else of what they're doing. Like if your kid is about to go out and, and they're not telling you what they're doing, that's problematic because the parent's going to wonder, well, what's happening? What's going on here? Why aren't I being told? And then in human nature, we always build that to mean a great big thing, right? And it isn't necessarily, it's just that the manifesto kind of forgot that they needed to tell you. So this is the big thing manifestors need to learn is to inform. That's not ask permission. Be very clear on that because, boy, if you want to annoy a manifestor real fast, tell them they need to ask permission and then watch them just like they get all wound up um, because it's not in their nature to do that. They have a very impactful presence. Their energy is felt when they enter a room like they're natural leaders and influencers. So they're not here to toe the line. Okay, if you have a manifesto child, then you have a live wire on your hands and, and that is going to take some understanding. So dive into that kid's chart, get a whole lot of information on all their particular gifts because you're going to need them. Frankly, you're going to want to know what they're doing and where they're going. Now, a generator child, they need consistency and they need engagement in activities that they find fulfilling. So following their passions and interests would be a great way to keep a generator engaged. This child has energy for days for the right things. If it's the wrong thing, then it's like pulling teeth. And it feels that way for the generator. It's just miserable because you're, you're pushing them in the wrong direction. And that's not a good thing to do for anyone, right? So learning about your child's human design and learning about your own and how those interact is going to help you to not push in the wrong direction and to not create artificial limitations that your child then gets to live with. You know the ones, they're the ones you're living with, right? You don't want to pass that on to your child. And human design is a great way to learn where those little traps are so that you don't have to go there. You can encourage them to follow their passions, explore their interests, even though you don't know necessarily what that is, what that looks like. That's great. That's called learning new things. That's really cool. Provide opportunities for your generator to respond to in their environment and give them time to make those decisions. Very few people can make quick decisions, true decisions. They can use their heads, but that's honestly not a very good place to make a decision from. Your head is full of external information. It's all the stuff that you get from your environment. That's not where your decisions are made. Your body makes your decisions. So that's another thing to look at when you're looking at your human design chart, right? 
it's it's important to know what's different for that child. There's so much more I could say about this, but let's jump on to manifesting generators. That's a hybrid between the generator and the manifester. I know, big shock, right? But for a manifesting generator, they have a very magnetic presence and they're they're really, you know, they have wonderful qualities, energy, enthusiasm, boundless energy, in fact, and they can approach life with a sense of excitement and vitality as long as it's not squished out of them. And that's inspiring to others. That's, you know, that's the person who you say, oh, yeah, let me go with them. I want to do what they're doing. And because they have the generating going on, they're lending you the energy if you don't produce your own to go with them and to really get fired up about stuff. It's amazing. And a manifesting generator can really excel at multitasking or what we know as rapid sequence, right? It's not truly multitasking, but they can juggle multiple projects and they can juggle multiple responsibilities at the same time. It's just that they need to be the right ones for them. Passion-driven action, that's what they need. They're resourceful kids. They're adaptable and they're versatile. So this child can do so many things that they're not going to get at school in this little box unless they're in a Montessori school. Let me just throw that one out there because Montessori follows the child and Montessori helps the child do more of what they're interested in. So that is an excellent environment. If you can find one and if you can afford one, it depends on the country you're in. In Holland, it's actually available on the state. Like you don't have to pay for Montessori, which I think is brilliant. But I digress. That's, you know, a manifesting generator is a live wire with all the energy and the initiation going on. Wow. You got a lot happening with your manifesting generator. And if you are the adult manifesting generator, then you know what I'm talking about because you're already there. Now, a projector let me get to them right now. We have a break in a few minutes, but I have time for this. The projector needs to be recognized for their brilliance, for what they have that they can do amazingly. They need to be recognized and they need to be invited to share that amazing skill or wisdom with others because failure to do so means that the projector is going to want to volunteer. And they're going to want to just jump in and fix things and, and alter the systems because they can see how they can be better. But they're going to be pushed back. They'll either be perceived as bossy or they'll be perceived as interfering. And it's just not going to go well for the projector and they will feel miserable. So if you have a projector in your life, see where you can recognize what their abilities are and invite them to share them because they have unique wisdom and insight. They truly do. And they have like a bird's eye view of systems, tech, my God. People, <laughs> projectors are brilliant at tech or engineering or something that's really complex and has a lot of systems in. Get yourself a projector on board because they can see what's going on. They have a natural ability to deeply understand and analyze complex situations. So your projector is a gift, I assure you of that. And they need to be recognized as such. And this is not just, oh, hey, you're so cool. But really, you know, I, I, 
I love the way you can do this. And I see that you're able to do that. And I would really appreciate your help. Can you do that over here? And let then let them decide. Might not be an automatic yes. And they'll have different ways of deciding that depending on their authority. But at least let them know that you can see what they can do. And if you are a projector, you can set the stage so that people can see what you have on offer. And then you don't push it forward, just let them see it's there. And then if they want it, they'll come ask for it. That's how you set yourself up for success. So we already looked at reflectors a little bit, and I'm going to go into more of sort of what the gifts are after the break. We don't have too much time left, to be honest, but I think we can get there. So don't go away. I'm Michaela Gaffin-Stone here on Navigating Complicated Relationships. That's the show you want to be at. And we are hosted by Inspired Choices Network, the best place to be. And we're on over 450 different platforms. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are here on Navigating Complicated Relationships with me, Michaela Gaffin-Stone, and we are talking about human design and why it is so key to understand your child's human design and your own human design and how they interact. And if you happen to be listening and you don't have kids, guess what? It's great to know how you and your partner operate together or you and your closest colleague or you and your siblings or you and your own parents, because how many people, particularly Generation X, let's let's go there for a moment, how many people have difficult relationships with their parents? There's a gulf between them where understanding should live and doesn't. So, you know, understanding where they're coming from, even to the extent that human design can tell it to you and they don't, it's, it's a gift. It helps you to understand, oh, that's why they always do this or they never do that. And always and never are some very big words, but you, you get the gist, right? So knowing your human design and any significant interactions you have can be key. You know, my husband and I, for example, we figured out that we have very different ways of processing when we're upset. I, I know, shocker, right? But we learned what the differences are for each of us. And then the other allows that difference, you know, encourages that person to go and do it the way they need to do it. We each give the other what they need in those circumstances and the whole situation resolves really quickly, a lot, lot quicker than it did before we knew our human designs and where they interact and where they differ. 
So in, in simple situations like that, that could become a big deal, they don't have to be a big deal when you know how your human design works. So understanding this is a huge key. It is the manual that you've been looking for and you can have it. If you go to my website, you can do your chart for free. You download the chart. That is going to send you to my email list and you get short emails. And every now and then they give away free stuff, like in the next email on Tuesday, for example. So you might want to jump on there because there's a big gift going down on Tuesday. And you download your chart. There are some hyperlinks at the side that will give you a little bit of information about what's going on, uh, what you're looking at. And if that's enough for you, cool, then, then you're good right? And it hasn't cost you anything and you've learned something and that's wonderful. But if you realize that you want more information, you really want to know what's going on and you want to know the nuances, you want to know the gifts, then that's the time you come for a reading. My recommendation is always two readings because the first one gives you the broad view and it's accurate. Let me tell you, I haven't had anybody tell me yet that it wasn't accurate. So you'll get the broad view and you'll recognize yourself. But the second reading is where the deep gold lies. The second reading is where you get the gates, the channels, the hexagrams, all kinds of things that you might be looking now and saying, she's talking about what now? And that's the thing. You don't need to know. I know. And I'm going to tell it to you. I can read your chart and give you that information. And that's where your detail lies. And that stuff is beautiful. So if you want a reading, you can then book, you can book one reading on my chart at a time, on my chart, on my website at a time, which is still www.gaffinstone.com. And yeah, well, let's just say get on that email list because there is a big deal coming out on Tuesday. It's a big gift. And if you're still listening to me about human design, you are going to love that gift. Now, we have a little bit more time, and I want to get back to the reflector child because we didn't really give them their space, right? So the connector, the, the connector, the reflector child has sensitivity and the ability to reflect their environment, as I mentioned earlier. So they need a diverse and harmonious environment in order to, to support their well-being. You need to encourage that child to take time in decision making because a big decision like new job or moving house or, you know, something big, not what's for dinner. But a big decision is going to take that reflector 28 days at a minimum because they are the only lunar type and they follow all the transits through the lunar cycle. And it takes them that long to get all the possibilities down before they can make their decision. And for a really big decision, it might take two or three cycles. The thing is, if the job is meant for them, it will be there when they're done. But it is a lengthy process. Can you imagine if you have to take a week to make a decision and you find that difficult? As a reflector, you've got a lot longer to go through. Anything that's rushed is likely to be incorrect and made from somebody else's perspective. That's the issue for a reflector. So don't rush them. Foster their unique perspective and their ability to see things from different angles, because I guarantee you, you can't see it the way they do. 
Reflectors possess several wonderful qualities that make them unique and valuable. It's their sensitivity and intuition. They are natural mirrors, as I've mentioned a few times now. If, <laughs> to give you a, a clear picture on that, if you think of a magnifying mirror, doesn't everything get revealed in a magnifying mirror the way it doesn't if you're just looking at a, a regular reflection? It does. So it they can highlight the health and the harmony of a group or a community, and they can also highlight when things are not going well. Reflectors are also really adaptable. They can adapt to different situations and different people with remarkable speed. They're chameleon-like. I'm sure you can picture all this from what I've been saying so far, but they also have a naivety that needs to be cared for, right? And reflectors have a deep sense of inclusivity so they can bring people together. There's a lot that reflectors can do. It's just, there's a lot to navigate. So if you have a reflector child, I urge you to go for the two readings. You know, anybody is gonna benefit from that, but seriously, if you are a reflector, if you have a reflector child, you need this. I cannot emphasize that enough because there's so much you need to know. It doesn't mean that they're a completely clean slate. A reflector doesn't have defined centers. They don't have channels, but they do have gates. And those gates are where the sort of consistency shows up, where the gifts lie, and where the accent on how they're going to do things comes up. So reflectors are exceptional. Yes, and they're only 1% of the world's population. But I've worked with four so far, and each one has been amazing for me to work with. So if you want to know more about your human design, I'm going to drop you the biggest hint ever and say get onto my email list because there's a gift coming. And even still, book on my website, get your chart done, get your reading booked, and you won't be missing out on anything, don't worry. But I recommend that you do these things within the next week because good things are coming and you're going to love it. So any questions you have about human design, I'm here. You can email me, mickey at gaffinstone.com. I always answer. I respond to people who respond to my emails and you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram. I am here for you. So come find me, talk to me and let's see what we can do amazing. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationship Show. Mickey returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey and with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.